G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision Christian Radio. Alex, as we get into this conversation today, uh, let me just reflect for a moment on the fact that you've just of recent times uh, conducted a number of Kingdom Business Summits and uh, you've been talking to uh, leaders and pastors about uh, financial issues and that sort of thing. Is the way that they are remunerated something that is right to the fore of uh, the concerns that pastors hold, do you think? Definitely. I mean, actually, one of the ways we judge it is just by the, the amount of downloads that we get on our website of a uh, of a brochure that we have called the Pastor Salary Guide, and it's it's one of the things that attracts the most interest. So that's that's why we know it's an issue. But look, I think because of our ministry helps churches in general with their overall church financial health, we find that church finances in general is a big issue these days. Many churches don't have the the resources that they want to do the ministry they want. And in some cases, what actually happens is it's only the, the pastor's salary and wages that get paid, and there's not a lot of money that goes towards ministry activities just because the money's not there. So the wages obviously are a big issue in themselves, but so are you know, the church overall church health, the overall church finances to fund the vision of the church. So um, yeah, we, we find it's a, an issue where there's increasing interest Interestingly, when you talk about the ministry activities of the local church, because some will say the most major ministry activity that the church, uh, you know, by and large has is what happens through the pastor and his family, because there is a certain significant leadership that happens, oftentimes uh, community-wise, and uh, it comes through a person, not just, uh, you know, the handing out of uh, welfare dollars or whatever it might be that some people think that is the ministry of the church. What are your thoughts on that sort of thing? Yeah, no, look, it's a really interesting topic. I mean, the uh, often, I mean, wages make up a huge portion of the um, of the church's budget. But I think, sort of, just running with some of the concepts of what you were saying there, I think many people, the way they look at the pastors, is they're in ministry, and I'm not. So I think we've got a bit of this sort of still. Um, unusual psychology in Australia and in just Western culture that we've got this sort of professional clergy and then there's the rest of us who aren't necessarily in ministry. We go off to secular employment. So we're paying wages for these guys to go and do the work of ministry, which I think is a really mistaken way of thinking. The way I view it is that once you become a Christian, you know, we're all in ministry. <laughs> we're all there. So what I say to pastors is, with your congregation, one of the language, some of the language you've got to use is around this issue of partnership, because yes, the church pays your wage to do ministry work, but uh, the reality is that all your members sitting there are all in ministry together, and we are in partnership together, and uh, really the pastor's just getting paid his wage for for being able to have his uh, to be able to do it on a more full time basis than many of us in secular employment are able to do. Um, but one of the, the issues in terms of ministry activities is the fact that often pastors' wages make up a huge percentage of the church budget. So, uh, And this is greatly varies by church size. So, for example, the smaller the church, 
the higher the percentage. You know, wages could be close to 80% of the church budget. In a big church, it can come down to sort of 45, 50%, which is what we say to churches is what you want to aim for over time. So that way you've got more money for mission, you've got more money for ministry activities and other things. Um, so look, it's a, it's, a, it's a complicated issue. It varies massively church to church. And as I say, church size and other factors um, affect it greatly. It does seem to be that, you know, when you've got someone who is a low-paid worker, uh, part of a local church, and somehow or other the pastor might be being paid more than they are, that somehow that sounds a little bit extravagant. But then you've got some people who are in church life who are highly paid workers, and uh, they tend to have this idea of, uh, yes, the pastor needs to be well remunerated. Uh, what are your thoughts on the attitudes that ordinary people who are in church life have? Because everyone's coming from a different sort of a financial base yeah um uh, well the, the attitudes i guess is what's fascinating you see some um very unfortunate attitudes in terms of how pastors should be paid and the way they they get treated around this um i, t- I tend to take the view that pastors on the whole um that i certainly the ones i see are not paid enough um yes there are a handful out there but it's it's always the exception, not the rule, that are, that are probably overpaid, but the vast majority are not. Most uh, pastors, you know, basically, you don't go into ministry for money, and you talk to anyone, whether they're in church or parachurch ministry, you certainly don't go into it for money. Um, the money's rarely there. But I do find the attitudes uh, towards pastors can be very unfortunate. I mean, what people often fail to realise is... You know, pastors are often working overtime, many working crazy, crazy hours, six, seven days a week. Uh, the burnout rate of pastors is off the charts. You know, uh, the dropout rate would be, I'm guessing it's close to 50% these days. Many are suffering from depression. I think the expectations on pastors, uh, in what I've witnessed over the last five years, um, the expectations of them is very unfair. You know, we put pressure on them to be you know, more godly, more perfect than the rest of us, that, that you know, we forget that they're human just like everybody else. Um, and so that all of those things put a huge uh, unfair pressure on pastors. So my, my personal view, particularly when it comes to the money, is that's one burden we should be taking off them. They should be properly paid, they should be well paid so they can support their families, so they can save for the future and so forth. So that way that you're taking an issue off the table so you can help them to focus on the spiritual health of the church and their and their members and discipling people rather than having this extra burden on them where they're having to worry about money. Um, of course, some people say, oh, pastor shouldn't worry about money. He should be, um, uh, he should be worried you know, about God's, you know, God's provision. But there's also, the, there's often the unspoken here, and that is people often forget the pastor's spouse. You know, <laughs> the pastor's spouse is often uh, the one who's paying the bills and so forth, and, and is there in the background, but they're the one bearing the brunt of, you know, being poorly paid and so forth. So it's not just the pastor; it's it's the actual the whole family that get affected when the when the pastor's not paid properly. So it's a very it's a you know it's an extremely important issue that the churches deal with and don't ignore. A biblical perspective of life, culture and current events. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision. The Bible makes it very clear that it can't just be words, you know, it's got to be deeds as well. And I like it in uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 5 where it says, 
you know, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honour, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. So they're worthy of double honour. Now, now that's not necessarily talking about money per se, but what it means is that when we, uh, as uh, as John said, you're not honouring people if you're not actually backing it up with some sort of substance. Um, so you've got to actually deal with it. Um, there's also another good one in 1 Corinthians. It says, he says, don't you know that people who work in the temple make their living from what is brought to the temple? Don't you know that a person who serves at the altar is given part of what is offered? In the same way, the Lord wants everyone who preaches the good news to make a living from preaching his message. So that's 1 Corinthians 9. So they're entitled to make a living. They should be paid properly um, as an act of love. We should be trying to honour them and help them. And as I say, what we don't want to do is um, is burden them. Uh, of course, some of the challenges uh, with this sort of issue is when you're dealing with boards, you'll have people on the board who have strong feelings one way or another, or if they don't like the pastor, which can be an issue, then they always try and punish the pastor, which is very nasty. But, you know, we're dealing with sinful human beings. So um, there's all sorts of uh, challenges that come up. But as I say, uh, I think churches need to really deal with this issue much more regularly as part of their, their planning each year, uh, as part of their boards and, and committees. They need to have a genuine focus on this issue and can't ignore it. Can't You also can't wait just for the pastor. To, to Many pastors are, uh, are going to be passive in this area. They're not going to put those, their hand up and say, hey, look, pay me more. You know, they're embarrassed to do that because they don't want to be seen to be asking for more money. Um, so that should be the board's responsibility to actually talk to them and say, hey, you know, are you earning enough? Is it enough to cover your expenses, your living, and to get ahead, all that kind of thing? And the, the, the boards need to be proactive about dealing with it. Interesting when you say that there are some in church life who may even uh, use this idea of what the pastor has paid almost as uh, punishment if they don't like the pastor. Now, uh, let's that brings us back to uh, to what I was talking about in an introduction there that uh, that it not only hurts the minister and their family but also the congregation as well. This high idea that that if the pastor's not looked after there are flow-on effects that might mean that you're not being adequately cared for in a congregation or there's not a- adequate leadership to the outreach programs and uh, the care programs that might go on in church life. What are your thoughts about how congregations suffer if the pastor's not looked after? Oh, absolutely. So well, it starts, at, obviously, the leadership of the church you know, always starts at the top. So if that person's not healthy and they're not being paid properly, then that's going to flow through to everything else that they do. Firstly, it may get to the point where they become, and this is you know, unhealthy, that they do the work begrudgingly. They think, oh, I'm not being paid enough to, to put up with all this nonsense, to put up with all the stress, to put up with all the, the, uh, the challenges I face each day. I'm just not paid enough. It's just not worth it. So they, they become, their own attitude can be affected. So as I say, this is where people's expectations on pastors become unrealistic. They forget that they're human and that they will ultimately react like that to some degree if they're not looked after. So this flows through, though, it's a massive distraction. If you've got financial worries in the back of your mind, then it's very hard to think properly. It's hard to, um, you know, it affects their prayer life. It affects their faith. It affects all of these things, which then immediately affects the church, the way they teach, the way they care for people, how much effort they put in. Um, and, of course, it affects their, their own family. So that flows into the church and, and the culture. So we want pastors that are healthy in every sense, not just financially, but certainly financially as well. You know, it can't be neglected because it will flow through to everything. 
you've got some guidelines on your website, wealthwithpurpose.com, uh, where people can actually look and sort of get some sort of impression about how they ought to pay their pastor. Uh, it's one of those things that you go through, and usually it's an, like an eldership or a leadership uh, or a board that actually decides these sorts of things. Sometimes it's a denominational pay structure. But how do you, uh, what's, what's in your document that gives some, sheds some light on this? Yeah, so look, we just give people some parameters that the board should work through to determine what someone uh, is paid. As you rightly say, some denominations, I know the Baptists are very good with this, the Baptists have their own remuneration guides on their state-based website. So um, for those of you who are Baptist or not Baptist, you can go check out their websites and they have actual specific dollar amounts and so forth that they recommend and guidelines. Um, ours is, we don't give specific amounts on ours because we just find that it's such broad nature of churches and so forth and areas. Um, but here's some of the things that we look at that we think churches should consider as they're setting the pastor salary. So the, the first one, and sort of obvious one, is the, the location of the church and the cost of living in that area. Um, the socio-demographic of that area and um, you know the kind of people that are in that particular church. We want to make sure, I typically say, and this is a generalisation, that the pastor should be paid somewhere in the middle. They shouldn't be paid at the, the top, they shouldn't be paid at the bottom. As I say, that's a bit of a generalisation, and that's just one model some churches use as a bit of a guideline. Um, but the church size will affect it, obviously, um, the, the congregation size, um, the responsibilities, I think, and roles the minister will take on. The more roles and things we expect of them, then the more they should obviously get paid, the more hours they put in, all of that kind of thing. I believe their, their years of experience, um, their level of education, all of those things can impact the long-term outcome of that particular church. So all of those sort of things should be factored in. You know, if someone's got a PhD in theology, you know, that's a, an enormous amount of effort that goes into doing that, and that can be of value to the church, just in the way that, you know, doctors spend, uh, you know, 10, 15 years in medical studies. You'd expect that they, they, they get paid more in the long run. And there's also other things to consider. So if you want to broadly speak, you'd say their education, their experience, their qualifications and their background. Uh, another model uh, that some churches use, in fact, one of your callers sort of alluded to it earlier, is the wage of a teacher, uh, and the caller actually mentioned counsellor because often a big part of the pastor's role is teaching and uh, counselling people, big part of their role. Um, I'm not sure that that model works perfectly all of the time just because I think there are so many other things that a pastor does, but nonetheless, it's not a bad guide. Uh, and then, of course, um, the financial needs of the pastor. If you've got a pastor who's married, four kids, you know, are you paying them enough to make sure that their family is, is well taken care of, that they're not struggling? That, to me, is a critical moral issue that the board should consider, both in hiring but also in reviewing the pastor's salary. If they're not being paid enough, uh, then we need to make sure that their family is well, well looked after. Uh, and, and then lastly, the reality, and the reality is that what can a church afford? If a church can't afford to pay their pastor, then I think the church has to give the pastor the luxury of being able to work part-time or, or do other ways of getting alternative income. Or what we help churches with these days is we help the church to develop alternative income streams. So rather than just relying on the general offertory, which obviously we try and help churches increase that so that they can cover all their... No, it's not just about covering wages, it's about funding the vision. So it's much more than just purely a wage issue. But then the other thing is developing income streams for the church 
to fund the salary. Now, that could be hiring out the church hall, it could be leasing out the car spots, it could be putting on a cafe, there could be all sorts of things. Um, and it can get more and more complex depending on how you look at it because we also don't want to take churches down the path where they become just full-on businesses either because a church is not a business. Either way, though, um, you need to find out ways to make sure that the pastors are being paid appropriately for the work that they're doing. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.